When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatt rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger no, no, and I'd no, kick no. your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. So, welcome back, fight fans, to another episode of BTR Boxing Podcast. Big fight preview. This weekend's big fight for us in the UK is Scott Quigg taking on John O'Carroll in the Super Featherweight division at the Manchester Arena. So, we're going to be covering that fight off first and foremost. But we'll also be touching on some of the other fights across the world this weekend as well. Johnston, as always, is here to break down this big fight. And I'm happy because I'm happy to see Scott Quigg back in the ring this weekend. And he's got a tough task with John O'Carroll, who's recently been in world title fights with Tevin Farmer. And he's, he's shown his worth at the world level. What are your initial thoughts on fight night for this one? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to see Scott back. He's been, he, he was off all last year. He didn't fight at all, obviously, with his, I'm, I'm guessing it was, it was injury issues. And, and John Joe's been pretty active. So it, it makes it, it's quite interesting because they're both attacking fighters. I'm expecting a good fight. And when I first heard that it was coming, it, that the card was put out there, I was, I was really pleased with the fact that it's Quig and Carroll. And I think that it's gonna, it, it's got the potential to be a real, Good one of the fights of the year, to be honest with you, in terms of how they both what, what they both bring to the table. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting. Will Scott could be able to produce what we've seen previously, or you know, with the year out and the inactivity, is it going to affect him? That's what I'm really looking forward to. So, looking at Scott Quigg's recent career, as you rightly pointed out, his last fight's 2018 in October, and it was a TKO victory over Mario Briones and. He's been out with injury since, so he's not really been able to get back into the ring to compete. So, obviously, a little bit of ring rust is definitely going to play a factor on the night, and we'll obviously touch on that as we go through this preview. But for for John O'Carroll, obviously, he's 
He's had a good career recently. I think a lot of people have, have given him a lot of credit, to be honest with you, because of, of what he's done. I think the, the fight with Tevin Farmer, people said, was a bit of a step too far for him. But I think he proved his worth in that fight. And I think, for me, he's shown that he can sort of mix it with these guys at the world level. And I think that's what's important when it comes down to, to fight night, to be honest with you. Because if if this would have been a fight two years ago, three years ago, you probably would have been saying, no, Scott Quigg's got this all over, no problem. But... The difficulty is, is the inactivity from Scott Quigg, I think it's going to play a big factor on the night, and, and John O'Carroll has obviously been a lot more active recently, and I think for me, when I look at John O'Carroll's recent resume, you look at his last couple of fights, and he got his defeat to Tevin Farmer, and then he came back and got a victory in August of 2019, so he's coming off the back of a win, but he's shown before that, that he can he can do decent things in the ring. Prior to his Tevin Farmer world title fight, he he got a, it was a bit of a controversial draw with Guillermo Frenot, and then he got a really good victory over Declan Geraghty in 2018. So his resume is decent for this level. He's pushed himself onto the world level, and I think for me now this is going to be a bit of a crossroads fight because. You look at where Scott Quid's career has been, the heights he's been at at one point, obviously the fight with Frampton, and look where it is at the moment. It doesn't really seem to be in, in, in the way it once was, where he was all excited about whether Scott Quid could go on and, and unify divisions. Now it feels like more people are talking about the fact that this could be the beginning of the end for Scott Quigg if he loses to John O'Carroll on Saturday night, and I think that's what we've got to try and delve into. So... How how do you think that time off for Scott Quigg is going to play a factor on the night? It's interesting. Well, the one thing I know about Scott Quigg is that he loves to train. He actually enjoys training. So he's always fit all the time. Even though he had this injury, obviously he had a bit of time off. Um, he's, he had, he's going to ha- have had to have had the time off anyway to recuperate and but he he loves to train. He loves. To, he literally trains every day. He would train every single day if he could. I think even even I remember once reading about him training on Christmas Day and Boxing Day. He just doesn't seem to want to rest. And sometimes maybe a little bit of inactivity is is a good thing for someone that trains himself into the ground. But saying that, obviously, a whole year out is obviously going to be it's going to play a part. No matter what you do in sparring, no matter what you do in training, you can't reenact happens in the ring and John O'Carroll is the type of guy that's going to be in your face it might actually suit Scott Quigg I always think of the Valdez fight he came in well overweight for that um, but in those early exchanges he really went to war with, with Oscar Valdez and, and caused him a bit of trouble and um, obviously he cracked his jaw as well um, whether that played a part in the fact that he was overweight as well well you know you know that's that's even there here or there but you know, Valdez is an excellent fighter, and obviously he's looking like going on to fight the man, which is Miguel Burchell. But it's just, it's interesting because we just don't know. I, I believe Scott will come in, and I think he's going to go for broke. And I think uh, so will John O'Carroll. Um, that's why he's got the makings of just an absolute barnstormer, isn't it, really? It's just going to be all action. I can't see any other way this is going to go. I believe Scott might will have the power over John O'Carroll. I think John O'Carroll, you know, he, he's, his knockout ratio isn't that great. So I can't see him stopping Quigg. I could see Quigg stopping him. It's just the, the fact of playing in, the fact that he's, he's been inactive. So it is, it's a really interesting fight. It's a 50-50, it really is. Um, obviously, John O'Carroll is a younger lad. He's not really been in there with top, top-notch fighters, bar obviously Tevin Farmer. 
uh, whereas Quigg's been in there with some of the the, the big players. So, oh, it, it's a tough one to call. It's just it's just real. It's a real great fight. It really is a fifty-fifty, and it's just a matter of what Quigg's got left. Do you think the fact that Quigg has has jumped up two weights overall? is going to be any sort of factor on the night because Carroll's obviously naturally the bigger guy at super featherweight and there's a lot of rumours around that he's, he's going to try and bully Quig on the night he's going to try and use that natural size advantage to really push Quig back and, and stamp his authority on the fight and whilst we were saying you know he's not naturally a, a hard puncher I'm not saying he doesn't punch hard but he doesn't have that knockout power as such concussively he could still do enough in there with his weight advantage to to put it onto Scott Quigg and give something Quigg hasn't really hasn't really had before. Now I know Quigg loves to get in the trenches. We've seen it in the Oscar Valdez fight. That was a prime example of Quigg standing toe to toe with the fighter and, and trying to match him toe to toe. And obviously, look what happened there: broken jaw, busted nose at the end of it all. So it's not always the, the the best strategy. I think Quigg's a really, really good boxer and I think he needs to get back to his, his boxing ability in this particular fight to, to beat a guy like John O'Carroll. I think if these two are, uh, are just having uh, a fight where there's there's no inside fighting involved at all and it's just strictly boxing and using the boxing ability, Scott Quigg, for me, would, would probably win this, hands down, but I can't see it going that way. So going back to my original question, Johnston, do you think the fact that he's naturally a, a bigger man, John O'Carroll, will, will have an effect on the fight? Yeah, I think I think you might be right. I mean, he, he has fought a lightweight earlier in his career when he was sort of making his way through. Um, he is a big super featherweight. Um, you know, it, he was hoping, obviously, that that extra weight was going to help him against Tevin Farmer. Tevin Farmer, he, he, he boxed, he outboxed John O'Carroll and he didn't allow him to go into the trenches, as you, as you rightly said. And, and that's, it's, that's going to be interesting to see whether... I think I think Scott is the type of guy that will he will go for it from the start. He might be a little bit tens- tentative in the first sort of couple of rounds, maybe. But I, I can I can't see other than them two going at it at some point, and it's going to be a matter of who comes out on top. Um, so I mean, yeah, I suppose Carroll is is the bigger guy, um, and Quig obviously coming up. You know, he was a super bantamweight into featherweight, and then I know he's going into it, sorry from bantamweight. Super bantamweight to featherweight, and now super featherweight. Yeah, it maybe it's a step too far for him. Maybe maybe Carroll's power might come out a little bit more than it has done in recent fights. I'm not so sure. I can I can just I think Quig will will have his moments where he might find himself in a bit of bother, and I think the same with Carroll as well. And I think when it, eventually they're going to end up having to have a moment in the fight where they're going to need to box a little bit. And as you say, I think Quig is the better boxer, and I think he will use that ability. Uh, to his advantage, and I do believe he will get the win. I'm going to predict uh, a Scott Quigg win, and I think he's going to. I think it will be on points. I think it, I can't see it being a stoppage. I could be wrong um, either way, but yeah, I can see Quigg getting this on points. What about you, Sean? Interesting. That uh, I mean, I, I've sat, I've sat and thought about this a few times actually about how I think this will go down because part of me feels like Quigg is naturally the better fighter overall. He's had the the better resume. He's been in with the better fighters. But then I think about, you know, the, the the size difference, the weight advantage, the fact that Quigg's been out for such a long time. Will he still be able to reenact what he does in the gym, in the ring on fight night? So I'm, I'm, I'm really torn with this particular fight. Part of me wants to go with Quigg because I know what Quigg's capable of. Part of me wants to go with Carroll because he's the fresher man. He's the more active man. So I'm really, really stuck. And I think having to go out on a limb with this one, I think if... 
if anybody might win this one, I actually think Carol might take this, you know, on points. I really do. And I think that's a prediction that people might think otherwise of. They might say, nah, that's not going to happen. Carol ain't going to do that. But I honestly think he he's very hungry. He's a very hungry fighter. And you can see it in all the build-up to the fight. And we're in fight week now. And you, you know how verbal he can be in fight week. And I think he might just get under Quig's skin a little bit as we draw closer to the fight itself. And Quig, he loves to get in a tear-up. I think that could be possibly the downfall of him. I mean, we've seen it against Valdez, the way he got into a tear-up with Valdez, where he could have tried to outbox Valdez, even though Valdez is a naturally bigger man. I think he had the natural ability to outbox him, but he wanted a war. I think if he doesn't go to war with Carroll, I think he could naturally outbox him. But prediction for this fight then, Johnston, I think Carroll takes it on points. I can't dis... I mean, it could go either way. It really could. I wouldn't surprise me if Carroll did get it on points. I mean, the one thing I, I say with Carroll is I think he... I think he gets himself a little bit too hyped up to the point where I'm not quite sure he controls himself enough in the ring. And I think that could play an influence in maybe losing a couple of rounds where he's so hyped up and he wants just to go 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 at it. Um, he's just that that type of fighter. I mean, he calls himself, what, the Celtic warrior? He, he loves all that. And, and I just think maybe that could be a problem for him. So, I mean, that as well as the fact that I think Quigg's got a point to prove enough, and that's why I'm going to edge towards Quigg. But, mate, it is a 50-50, and it is a good fight. It really is. Well, let's look at the rest of the card, then. The card, overall, isn't the best card. I'll be totally honest. I'm happy that it's Manchester. I'm happy there's a few good fighters that we all know and love on there. But let's be honest, when you look down the depths of the card, it isn't really... Uh, a, a, an evenly matched card. It is lo- literally a lot of well-known fighters versus unknown fighters or journeymen. So the only other fight that really does interest me on the undercard is super middleweight Zach Parker, 18-0, against Rohan Murdoch for the vacant WBO Intercontinental Super Middleweight title. That's the only other fight that I'm really interested in because I've seen Zach Parker before, only briefly and only on a on, on few occasions. And the first time I picked him up was on the World Boxing Super Series undercard when he destroyed Luke Blackledge in 2017. And since then, he's continued his run of form and he even picked up the British Super Middleweight title against Darrell Williams in 2018, which again was another really good fight. So they're the two significant fights I've seen him involved in. I look at the other fights on his record and they are literally journeyman that he's been in the ring with so this fight is against a guy who's 24 and 1 who's Rohan Murdoch and I've not really seen a lot of Murdoch he's an Aussie he's coming over from Australia he's got a very good record on paper of course he's only got the one defeat very early on in his career but again he's not really done anything of note he hasn't fought anybody of note in my eyes personally I think the Darrell Williams fight for Zach Parker is the one where it set him aside from a lot of the super middleweights on the domestic scene, and I think that just goes to show he is a really good fighter, but he's going in against a guy who's quite an unknown quantity here. So for any of the Aussie fans that are listening to the podcast, you'll probably know him a lot better than what we do. And all I've seen of him, he looks like a pretty well-skewled, well-equipped fighter to give Zach Parker a few problems on the night. But I just think Zach Parker's a, a really, really good, underrated fighter who doesn't really seem to be getting promoted very well in my eyes you know we don't really hear a lot about big fights for him or potential fights with other super middleweights on the domestic scene and it's just not a lot of promotion going on in my eyes I don't know about you Johnston but I I don't feel like there's a lot of promotion with with Zach Parker yeah he's he's under team Sutherland and he's the first uh, 
the first guy under Team Sutherland to have won the British title. So, you know, that, that is a, a little side note for you, if anyone really wanted to know that. Um, and when he won that fight against Daryl Williams, I thought it was a very close fight. I think a lot of people were were really miffed off with one of the judges. I think it was Victor Lochran who, who threw out the 117-112, which was a really bad, bad card. The other two, much, much even. And, and that was more reflective of the fight. And obviously... It, it was uh, interesting because Zach, obviously, uh, he'd done his shoulder. I think it was like in the second round. He, he dislocated his shoulder. So he managed to get through the fight and fought it with one arm. Uh, many felt Daryl Williams probably deserved to get the nod. He did say it's going to give him a rematch. It didn't happen. Um, but he showed in even in, in that fight that, you know, he, he's a good lad to watch out for. And, and Zach Parker and Daryl Williams, I, I like them both. And, um, he's going up against Rowan Murdoch. And the only thing I know about Rowan is a couple of years ago before his, his inactivity, because he didn't fight in 2019. He didn't fight at all last year. And I'm not quite sure what the ins and outs of that was, but he was actually being tipped to fight Ramirez. I think uh, Bob Arum's going to take Ramirez over to Australia and fight Rowan Murdoch just to get some some Australian fans on the Ramirez trail, I suppose, or is it on, you know, to get some more Aussie fans to get a bit more exposure, basically, over there. So that was the only time I'd ever heard Rowan Murdoch's name thrown out. I haven't seen him, so I can't really say too much. Looking at his record again, yeah, he, he, I mean, the guys he's beat are pretty average. Then there are no names that jump out of you, just the fact that he lost early in his career. Um, but, again, the inactivity is the one thing I'll say that, that goes in Zach Parker's, on his side. I think... Um, I think Zach Parker's going to be in for a tough night, and I think Ryan Murdoch could be a bit of a surprise, but I think it's going to be a good fight. It's, a, again, a really tough one to call. I'm going to edge towards Zach, because I think he's got the boxing ability to beat Ryan Murdoch, and, and he's a bit of an unknown quantity. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that one pans out. I hope it's not a stink fest. That's all I hope anyway. With this particular <laughs> God, I fight. hope so. Because <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the card, the rest of the cards, you know, it isn't fantastic. Yeah. You got Huey Fury back at heavyweight, twenty three and three. He's fighting Pavel Sua, eleven and two. So, not really a fight that I'm that interested in because it's not really going to tell us where Huey Fury is at at the moment. Because obviously the losses that he's had on his record have been against world class opposition, former world champions. So for me, this isn't really anything other than an activity keep busy fight for him, which is fine. It's fair enough. It's just a name to throw onto the card to to get more people intrigued, of course. And then you've got Anthony Fowler as well, who was supposed to be fighting Jack Flatley. And that one has now been changed because Jack Flatley, unfortunately, pulled out with a metatarsal injury only yesterday. So I'm not too sure who the actual replacement is for Anthony Fowler. No doubt it will probably be some Polish plumber, which will make Anthony Fowler look pretty good on that particular card. So we'll get to see them both back in action as well. I am excited to see Jack Cullen back on the matchroom bill as well. Since his defeat to Felix Cash in what was a fantastic fight, we're getting to see him back, and obviously Eddie Hearns decided he wants him back on this matchroom bill in Manchester. He brings a lot of fans with him. We've seen him do really well in the last two matchroom bills and some really good fights. So he's bringing him to get the bums on seats, to get the fans in here. But he's a really good fighter, and I, I want to really see him in again in the midst of, of fighting all these great fighters in the middleweight division domestically, because every time I see him in the ring, he's in a tear-up. Oh, oh, I'm a massive Jack Cullen fan. Um, I mean, that was a terrific fight with Felix Cash. They really went for broke the pair of them, and he obviously come out 
uh, with the defeat. But I still think I, I like Jack Cullen. There's some great names out there for him. Um, again, this is, should be just a fight he should be able to get through. He's great to watch. I think it's just been added to the bill just because I'm, we're, I'm sure we'll all be expecting a knockout victory for him. Um, so, yeah, but there are some, there are loads of other middleweight fights he could have further on down the line. So, we'll see what happens with him. Obviously, you've got the Liam Williams, Liam Smith and Eubank Jr. if he stays at the weight. They're, they're the top guys, really, at the minute in the middleweight division. So, um, he's a bit off that. Um, but you know he, he's he, he's definitely a fight to keep an eye out on because I do I really do like Jack and obviously Robbie Davis Jr. is the other guy he's been added on the bill. I'm not quite sure who he. Uh, in fact, I, the opponent hasn't been announced. I'm sure that should be just a tune-up fight for Robbie Davis so he can get himself back in contention with some of them bigger fights as well. So, but I'm with you. It's not the best of cards. I think I think the main fight is the one where it's, it's pretty 50-50 and. And I'm expecting it to be a good fight. I think that fight alone could make this card or this night better than than, than it suggests. No, it's honestly like, I hate to be uh, the bearer of sort of bad news, but if you're looking forward to this card this weekend, I honestly don't think you're going to see anything other than Prospect versus Journeyman, which is literally what the card is stacked with. And obviously tune-ups for guys that are coming back off the back of either losses or are looking to rebuild whatever it may be but the main fight is the fight that is really going to make it so it'll be a good fight that's the one I'm looking forward to the most that's that's the big fight for us this weekend so looking around across the world the one other fight that I wanted to mention I wanted to put a bit of focus on was in the Barclays Centre in Brooklyn which was Adam Konowaki against Robert Hellenius I can't believe Robert Hellenius is still actually boxing to be honest with you but Adam Konowaki is a guy who we want to see in action we want to see him now step up to fight the bigger names of the heavyweight division and he's being put in Brooklyn where he's got a a massive fan base over there so this is another good way to see him in action and see whether he can dispatch of Robert Hellenius in, in emphatic fashion and whether then it puts him into contention to, to maybe fight one of the other guys in the top 10. Obviously, we've just had the announcement of Gillian White versus Alexander Povetkin for the WBC interim heavyweight title, which, again, just bullshit, of course. We know that. We always say it. But these two are fighting, obviously, later on down the line in May. So we've got a good night there. But an Adam Konoaki is a type of fighter I want to see get pushed up a little bit more now and not fight guys that are probably way past the best in Robert Hellenius. Yeah, I'm with you. I think this should be a pretty straightforward victory for Adam. Uh, I mean, I'm just looking at Hellenius' record. I mean, I, I remember that awful fight that he had with Dillian White. That was just a really poor night of action, that one. Um, but, I mean, just look at it. I mean, he got stopped by Gerard Washington in the eighth. This really should not be going any further than at least five rounds for Adam um, if he wants to put himself in, in line for for um, to be in that contention for, for the bigger fights and yeah I think this is just a he's just a body really <laughs> to put it frankly I mean Robert Hellenius was a decent name a few years ago but now 36 years of age I just think he's past his best completely and I just I can't see Adam losing this fight I mean we've seen his last fight as well as Chris Ariola, the pair of them. God, that was a good fight. That they threw loads of punches in there. It was, like, was it over a thousand punches? Yeah. That fight with Chris Ariola. Yeah, really good fight. And uh, yeah, so I, I can't, I can't see this going any other way. I mean, the one other name is uh, on this card is um, is Fa Jagba as well. Mm. I, I'm really like 
to see this kid. Um, he looks like one to really keep an eye on, and he's actually fighting Razvan Kajanu, who's a name that we'll all be familiar with. He's fought uh, Dubois, as he fought... Uh, Gorman as well. Um, Gorman as well. So, yeah, um, it'd be interesting to see uh, uh, Jagba gets on, sort of... He's the other guy I really believe that will be uh, a, I, don't, I can't quite work out how far he's going to go but from what I've seen so far he's going to be in contention at some point in his career and so I'd definitely say to anyone if they haven't go and check out FA Jagbo if you can get to watch this card up at the Barclay Centre um, in the early hours of the morning so other fights that are going on uh, across the world is Danny Dignam and Alredo Mealy for the WBO European middleweight title, which is at the Brentwood Centre, MTK Global. Another little decent show going on there. We've got Sam Gilly versus Curtis Felix Jr. That's for the vacant Southern Area welterweight title. Then in Mexico, Golden Boy's got a promotion on. We've got Luis Alberto Hernandez Ramos, the man with three surnames, against Placido Ramirez, which is for the WBC Continental America Super Lightweight title. On the undercard of that, you've got Oscar Durati versus Andreas Garcia. And then there's one more that's happening in Germany. Just just a bit of a note, really, a bit of a side note to mention. We've got Mohamed Kajar Yakbov versus Thomas Rojas. WBC International Super Featherweight title, and then Magmedev Kunrabnov against Ismail Iliev for the at the Super Welterweight division, and then finally, finally, the other card to possibly look out for this weekend is the Caesar's Palace in Dubai, which is TJ Doney against Ian Atbaluta at featherweight. So it's good to see TJ Doney back in action as well. Yep. Uh, there's plenty going on. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, there are many fights that jump out at you. Um, but, you know, there are some decent names to keep an eye on to see how they get on. But, I mean, I think I think the two fights is Adam Kunaki, Robert Hellanus, and obviously Scott Krug, uh, John O'Carroll. I think they're the two fights that really do stick out. And, and the rest, as you say, I think it's pretty much bang on there, Sean. It is literally guys that are either coming on the back of losses or they're just trying to get some wins on, under their belt. So, um it isn't the best of weekends, uh, but you know it looks like it's going to be a decent march. There are some good cards coming up, so hopefully the main events can live up to the billing. So let's just use the last few minutes of the episode then just to really touch on the news that I sprung a little bit earlier. Everybody knows by now Delian White's fighting Alexander Povetkin and it's a fight that I am genuinely looking forward to. It's a keep busy fight for both of these guys really. It's a, a, a risky fight for Dillian White as well because obviously he's put himself into that position where by February 2021 he should finally get a shot at the WBC title whomever that champion may be at that point in time at the current moment is Tyson Fury as we know but he's fighting Povetkin and Povetkin's still obviously knocking around still dangerous had the draw with Michael Hunter in his last outing so it's quite an interesting fight a big risk to take for Dillian White but there's the one quality about Dillian White that I've always admired is the the willingness to fight anybody yeah same here he doesn't he does not hide from anyone. He don't shy away from any fight. He will fight anybody. You put him in the ring with anyone, you give him a name, you know, and he goes up to and says, are you fighting this guy? He's like, yeah, I'll fight him. That is just Dillian White all over. And it, it would have been good if uh, if other heavyweights could be the same. Um, but saying that, I mean, it's not an easy fight. Povetkin is, is you know, he's, he's an old school fighter. The only two losses on his career, obviously, Vlad Klitschko and Anthony Joshua. So... It's going to be interesting. Um, obviously, Dillian White had a bit of inactivity last year, came back, didn't look too great, but I'm sure he'd get himself in good good shape to be uh, fighting up at Manchester. 
Um, I mean, the fact that it's a pay-per-view card, though, I'm not a pay-per-view fight, and I don't know. What, obviously, I don't know what's going to be on the other cards yet. They haven't obviously announced that, but I'll be quite honest with you. I probably wouldn't pay for it. I think I will wait for the next day. Um, it's not one I'd pay for, but it's a good fight. I would, you know, if it was on Sky, I'd be well happy with that. I think that's the, that's that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, that should be a fight that's on Sky. We shouldn't be just yeah. getting Quig and Carroll as the main event. That should be a main event on Sky with Quig and Carroll as an undercard, really. I mean that's just 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 my how I feel about that whole thing. So yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not too um, happy with the fact that we have to pay for it. But I'm looking forward to it. And I, I, you know, it's going to be a good fight. I think I think White will win it, but we don't know. Who knows? The the other fight that's been announced for the same night on a different bill is Josh Taylor defending his WBA and IBF titles against again an unknown fighter who's sixteen and zero in the name of Apinion Kongsong. 16-0 fighter, mainly from Thailand, for all these fights, mainly over in Thailand. So, he's, again, another unknown quantity, and I think it feels like a, just a situation for Taylor to be out, defending his titles, looking good against a guy who, again, I can't really say I know much about him, I'll be honest. I'm not going to sit here and say I do know a lot about him. I don't. I just know that he's put himself in the opportunity to, to put himself forward for this particular title bout and Josh Taylor makes this defence and it's on the same night as Dillian White Povetkin and it's also on the same night as Canelo Saunders which is going to be a pretty stacked night and for boxing fans really it's going to be difficult because if you've got three potential pay-per-views on one night who who the hell are you going to watch? I think it's, it's putting boxing fans in a real difficult position this particular night, the 2nd of May so yeah, I, I'm not really overly happy in terms of the, the, the competition he's in the ring with but I suppose when I think about what he's done in the past few fights, I think he probably deserves a lower-level opposition to to go in the ring with to defend his titles against. Yeah, I know. I, I can I can understand that. It's just a, an active fight. Saying that, I mean, I, the only footage I've seen of the fella is him knocking people out. I haven't looked at it to see what his opponents were like. I mean, they could be. It could have been pulled out of the crowd for all we know. But he he looks good on 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 his highlight reel. So I'm sure they will show plenty of videos of him knocking people out. Um, I'm expected just to win it comfortably, and it is just literally uh, a, 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 an e- I say an easy night. It's never an easy night, but it's it's a fight that he should be winning quite comfortably. Obviously, we want to see him in the big fights. That's what we want, and obviously, we've seen Regis Progo who's fighting, who's now fighting Booker. So, ah, uh, you know, I, I, I can't help but think that you know that should be Taylor doing that. But Regis Progo obviously feels that. You know, he he's gonna he's lost that. I think they both well they did both lose and they're both fighting each other, Maurice Hooker and um sorry, I said Booker, but Maurice Hooker and Pro <laughs> Gray. Um but yeah, um I, I just it does it does disappoint me slightly. Um I suppose new trainer, you know, new promotion team, maybe that's why he's going down that route. But yeah, I mean I'll watch it, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, as we do, we'll moan about it, but I'll watch it and, and I'm sure Josh will retain his titles. Yeah, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. So, final thoughts then, before we put a close to the episode. Going back to Quig versus Carroll, we've talked about it, but given our predictions, you've said Quig, I think he's going to win on points. I've said Carroll's going to win on points. Any any sort of second and final thoughts on, on how this plays out? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just really intriguing. I can't help but sort of, I can see it going one way and then the other. Um, I, Scott just seems very determined. I think he felt... Um, it, it, it didn't quite work out for him when he when he left Gallagher and he went with Freddie Roach, and I think he's he lost a year really, and then he got himself injured. It, it sort of didn't work out well for him, 
I just think going back with Gallagher, I'm sure he's going to be in familiar surroundings, his, his usual routine in his training. And as I say, he trains really hard. He really does train hard. And I, and I think although you can't mimic what, what's, what Carroll's going to throw him in the ring, I just believe that he's got a point to prove. And I think that's going to be the danger for John O'Carroll, who, who I think is a good fighter. I don't think he's, he's going to be able to fight the top level guys. Um, I believe he always come up short. I may be wrong. He's a, he's a bit younger. He's 27, isn't he? So who knows? But yeah, I'll just side him with Quig. Um, but I can understand where you're coming from, Sean. I don't know what your perspective is on it uh, in terms of anything new you want to bring to the table. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just I'm strongly siding with Quig now. I could quite easily sit here and say Scott Quig wins this because of his experience that he's got over John O'Carroll. But a big part of me feels like the injuries, the inactivity, the difference in the personas, the aggressiveness from John O'Carroll is going to be what's going to be needed to beat Scott Quigg on the night, to out-hustle him, to out-hustle him. Some people saying that Scott Quigg's going to knock him out later on in the fight. I've heard a few people say Scott Quigg will ultimately back him up and, and stop him, but like I said earlier, Carroll's the bigger man here. Unless unless he's struggling at the weight, that'd be the only other reason why I could think yeah. Scott Quigg could back him up and, and, and really put a number on him and, and, and go down the route you're talking about. But I ultimately feel that in this particular fight, that Carroll has got him at the right time. He's coming off a layoff. Yeah, he keeps himself fit. He keeps himself busy in the gym. But is that enough? Is that enough for him to really going there with someone who's hungrier than ever to get back to that world title level and taking a name like Scott Quigg and putting that on your record as a victory will certainly propel you back in to title contention. And I think that is what John O'Carroll wants. Is there really passion and hunger? Is it all still there for Scott Quigg? I mean, obviously only Scott Quigg knows, of course, but he's gone back to Joe Gallagher. Will that make a difference? Maybe, maybe not, but we'll soon find out on fight night. My final prediction is obviously Carroll on points, yours is Quig on points. It'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to the fight, the main fight of the night. I hope you guys listening enjoy the fight and, and give us your feedback on social media at BTL Boxing Pod. Let us know before the fight what you think, how it's going to go down, who's going to win it, and also give us your feedback on some of the announcements of fights this week and let us know your thoughts. And one final thank you to everybody once more for rating and reviewing us on BTR Boxing Podcast's podcast page on Apple Podcasts. So please keep doing it, keep going on, keep reviewing it. Let us know what your thoughts are on the episodes. Keep giving us them five stars because it's really helping us stay in that top ten of the UK Sports News Chart. Enjoy Fight Night Fight fans and we'll see you next time. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatt rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.